The 2018 Brazilian presidential election was an ugly, divisive affair. From the widespread fake news on social media to the attempted assassination of the eventual winner, it provided a snapshot of a divided country. But when Jair Bolsonaro took office as Brazil's 42nd president in January 2019, Brazilians were rather optimistic about his presidency. Juntos, temos como fazer o Brasil ocupar o lugar de destaque que ele merece no mundo. Two-thirds of the electorate expected him to do a good job. Only 12% of voters expected his term to be a disaster. But clearly, things have turned out differently. Jair Bolsonaro's style of constant confrontation and his lack of appetite for traditional politics have limited his administration's results and have eroded his support base. If 51% approved of the president back in January 2019, that political capital was burned within two months. No president has been this unpopular at this stage of their first term. However, Jair Bolsonaro's approval ratings have been fairly stable. The portion of voters who consider he's doing a good or a great job has never dropped below 28, nor has it gone higher than 40. For most of Bolsonaro's 16 months in office to date, the Brazilian electorate seemed to be split into three groups. One-third loves him, one-third hates him, and one-third is still sitting on the fence. But some polls suggest that Jair Bolsonaro's faithful support might be finally eroding. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, I'm the editor-in-chief of the Brazilian Report. This is Explaining Brazil. For 16 months, the Jair Bolsonaro presidency has been a continuous flow of controversy. But in the past two months, things got much, much crazier. Amid the worst pandemic of the past century, the president fired his two most popular cabinet members, admitted he wants confidential information on federal probes, and has played down the severity of COVID-19 and the thousands of deaths caused by the disease. Combine that with a grim perspective for the country's economic future, and you have a perfect storm for pretty much any leader. A recent poll by IDEA Big Data suggests that these factors have begun taking their toll on the president's support base. Those who disapprove of the federal administration jumped from 34 to 41%, with 25% saying the government is flat-out terrible. Moreover, support among the worker classes is deteriorating. Among richer Brazilians, a stark 47% of voters rated the government as bad or terrible. You can check out IDEA Big Data's poll on our website in the post of this episode. And I spoke with IDEA Big Data CEO Mauricio Moda about the results, so let's hear what he had to say. Maudicio, uh, first of all, I'd like to discuss your poll's methodology. In Brazil, the most renowned institutes use in-person interviews, while others use robocalls. But IDEA Big Data uses an app. So I'd like to ask you to tell us how it works and how you ensure the representativity of your polls. 
Oh, thank you very much. Um, just first of all, we apply all all methods, so we're agnostics in terms of methodology. But uh, given the current health uh, context, we are focused on on telephone surveys, and one of the methodologies that we do have, we have a, a group of people in Brazil, uh, around one million uh, people everywhere that uploaded an app and uh, we when you need to, we need to do something we send what we call a mission to those people uh, for them in order for them to answer surveys record videos take pictures so every time we need a national sample we we run a national sample around uh, 1500 2000 people and we send a mission we send the survey to them and of course, they represent the universe of, of citizens of Brazil. And they have, like, for example, uh, 48 hours to answer that survey. And each one uh, gets a, a reward to answer the, the survey. So basically, it's not a, it's not a panel. It's a, a group of million, 1 million people that upload the app. And we, we always uh, try to get a sample among those 1 million people. In that case, usually a national sample uh, varies between 1,500 and 2,000. And we send the survey and they, they answer back. Uh, of course, all methodologies has uh, pros and cons. Uh, but given the, the, the coronavirus uh, context, uh, we are focused on, the, on telephones and this app. I think your company is the only one that has tracked the president's popularity since his first week in office and every week without missing a beat. Uh, what have you noticed in the 16 months and how do you compare Bolsonaro's popularity to that of his predecessors? Comparing the first term in office of Fernando Ricardoso, Lula and Dilma, uh, the first year of Bolsonaro was worse. Uh, actually, on, on the first year of the first term, all presidents in the in the, the data that we have were better off compared to Bolsonaro. Um, however, I, I should say that we have um, two movements on, on the Bolsonaro popularity. First one, when, when he was uh, about to, to get it into office in January 2019, he had like the the electoral um, asset or the electoral capital, and he was approved by forty five percent of the population. And in the first quarter of two thousand nineteen, he kind of lost around ten to fifteen basis points. That was basically the voters that voted for him, not because of his uh, platforms, but basically because they were against the work party and they didn't want to have the work party back. So by April 2019, like one year ago, it was around 35, 30% popularity. And afterwards, he kind of, uh, it was very volatile, but he was basically operating around this, this level. In the last quarter of the year, from November to December, he, get, he gained some traction. He almost reached 40% of approval rates. And then, and then after the, the coronavirus crisis, he kind of lost that that popularity, they lost around 10, 10 points, 12 points, depends on the on the polling. So he um, he had 
uh, worse compared compared to the other presidents. But I, I should highlight that he has a very solid um, group of, of 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 voters of Brazilians that approve him. That's around one third of the country, 35 percent, depends on the polling. And he they they have been very consistent and very hardcore supporters. So and uh, especially compared with the last. A president, Michel Temer, he's basically much, much better. And from your data, what is the demographic of a typical Bolsonaro supporter? It's uh, mostly concentrated on big cities in Brazil, the, the, the metropolitan areas, most male, uh, more, more educated, uh, high school, college educated, and, uh, and especially it's older, uh, it's above 35 years old. As so more educated, older, and more um, a big city resident, more Bolsonarista you are. And what would be a typical Bolsonaro detractor? It's interesting because from my personal experience, uh, Bolsonaro, along his his time in office, has divided, really divided the country. It's much more divided compared to the years of the PT against the PSDB, and we have. In one side, this middle class that I described with uh, higher education, higher income, so concentrated in big cities. And then in the other hand of the, the people that really disapprove Bolsonaro and it really didn't vote for him in the election are the more popular segment of the Brazilian population, low income, the very concentrated in the north and the northeast of Brazil, very concentrated in small and medium-sized cities. Uh, really, the people that um, live with an average of the minimum wage in a, in a monthly basis. So basically, uh, the poorer you are, less educated you are, more in the what we call the real Brazil, the, the deep Brazil, more against the government you are. In your opinion, why is that? Is it because Bolsonaro, for instance, has talked about reducing the size of the state and these people you've just described are the people who depend on government aid the most? What we felt, that, that was especially during the election time, is that uh, the, there was an uh, anti-establishment sentiment from the Brazilian middle class against uh, all the political parties and especially against the work party. So this rejection and this, this anti-establishment uh, sentiment was driven the the public opinion in that side, and on the on the more on the on the, the the popular Brazil, uh, the PT is not the people don't reject PT. Actually, on the other hand, the, those are the people that were more affected by the 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 income transfer program Bolsa Família. Those are the people that uh, that see that during the work party years they were they were they were treated as priority. So, so it's it's basically not the, the the discussion about privatization or the size of the government or the size of the state, but basically about priorities. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Laura Kiran, co-founder of The Brazilian Report. COVID-19 has created a media paradox. Audiences are going up, 
but for many journalism companies, revenues actually is going down. Some of Brazil's biggest media outlets are trying to cut the salaries of their reporters by up to 70%. Not us. We protect our team because they bring you the best information about Brazilian English. But we do ask you to subscribe to The Brazilian Report, which is the engine of this podcast. There, you will find new in-depth content every day, special reports, analytical newsletters. Just go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. And please stay safe. Mauricio, uh, have these profiles changed over the past 16 months or they stayed pretty much the same? Who hated Bolsonaro continued hating him? Who loves Bolsonaro continued loving him? Yeah, Bolsonaro, he, now he's in the, in the, he lost some, some, some voters after what happened with the former Minister of Justice and Security. He lost a group of people that uh, are more upper-class, middle-class Brazilians that were uh, very confident that, that in, with having Moro in the government was a positive thing for the fight against corruption. And they, they are not, they're, they're right now rejecting and not approving, disapproving the, the, the Bolsonaro's government. But on top of that, you are correct. Well, basically, the core group of voters of the supported Bolsonaro are still there, and the core uh, retractors are still there. And uh, talking about what happened with Sergio Moro, who resigned, uh, accusing the president of trying to tamper with federal investigations, um, how do you see that affecting Bolsonaro uh, in terms of, uh, like you said at the beginning of our conversation, uh, the vote for Bolsonaro was not necessarily a vote for him, but a vote in rejection of the establishment, and to some measure, to this anti-corruption uh, discourse he embodied and he gained even more strength on that when he named Sergio Moro, a former Operation Car Wash judge, to his cabinet. It, it affects. We are talking about five to ten basis points of popularity. Um, however, I think the biggest chunk of supporters are more are right now more related with the, the economy and how the government will react, react to the recovery after the the coronavirus. Uh, so he yes he lost and we are measuring five to ten basis points. But the next battle that he's going to fight to keep his popularity would be the economic recovery. In that sense, uh, do you have data? Do you have polls showing which? clusters of the Brazilian society are more worried about the economic fallout of the COVID-19 crisis? Where are people more scared of the future? Everybody's scared, but I, I, would, I would separate that in two, two uh, levels. One is the health level, and two-thirds of the population are scared to get the virus, and are scared to die because of the virus, and this is becoming, this is increasing and it's a big number. This, we're talking about 66% of the population. And then we have one third of the population that's much scared about the economic consequences, the, the unemployment, the reduction in income, uh, the, the, the potential recession. And those that are more concerned about the economy, uh, they are more, they, they like I said, they live in the big areas and they have a, a better income. Uh, so we're talking about the middle class, middle to upper class, much worried about the, 
the economic consequences and the biggest chunk of Brazilian population worried about the virus itself. And do you see any correlation, uh, a cause-effect uh, relationship between the fact that Bolsonaro, according to your post, has lower rejection rates among poorer classes because recently the government has released a 600 reais emergency salary for the upcoming three months? Yeah, that helped him. But that is a complicated matter because, this, as you mentioned, it's not permanent. So, and, and, and we are seeing people that are getting this grant, this help, this relief, and spending as this is, this is like a permanent income. And this is a very tricky thing because we, Brazil is a very different big country. And 600 reais in the city of Sao Paulo is one thing. 600 reais in the countryside of the state of Pará is another completely different thing. So people in the state of, in the countryside of Brazil are, are getting richer and making four times their, their regular income. And people in the, in the big cities are, are getting paid much less. So this is a very complicated scenario uh, for Bolsonaro moving forward. First of all, if you're going to keep it or not. And second, how is he's going to treat those differences? But yes, you are correct. That helped him uh, not lose popularity with this segment of the population. And how do you see the effects that his radicalization in his rhetoric is having in holding his core group of supporters? How do you, how do you interpret his political moves in this past few weeks? Oh, that's a tough question. The only thing I can say on the public opinion side is that we have a group of Bolsonaro supporters that really believe that we have to shut down uh, the Supreme Court, we have to have the military taking over. They're not the majority of Bolsonaro's supporters, but they are there. And they were there uh, always, but Bolsonaro was kind of the symbol for them to express themselves. Uh, and also we have a group of Bolsonaro supporters that really believe that the social distancing is not the way to do it. Uh, so Bolsonaro does a really good job speaking to their core base. And he speaks to the core base, for the more radical core base, yes. And he speaks to the, the core base that's much concerned about the economy. And, and like you said previously, we never had a president that was this unpopular this early in his term. Uh, but every time there is a political crisis, we have some pundits saying, okay, now the government will not be able to hold itself together. And every time Bolsonaro proves them wrong. Uh, so do you think it's still too early to write off Bolsonaro? Do you see that uh, red flags should be raised within the government and it is time for him to worry? How do you... Uh, Going further than the data, how do you interpret the no, no, sentiment of, all, of the political population? First of all, you are right. Well, Bolsonaro has a lower popular rate compared to the others, as I mentioned, but he was the first president that uh, in the first year of government only spoke to, to his base. The other presidents in Brazil, they try to moderate and they try to expand their, their base and, and talk to a broader group of people that Fernando Henrique tried that, Lula tried that, even Dilma tried that. So Bolsonaro is the first one that actually started the government talking to his base. And one-third, it's a lot of popularity, to be honest, given all the, the, the controversies that he has been. 
and it's a very solid one. So I don't, I, I don't think we should write off a president that is popular uh, from by one third of the population, especially a president that has been involved in many controversial issues along the way. Different from many world leaders, he lost the opportunity to unify the country, to have a common enemy, to make a, a and, and all those leaders, they got a positive uh, output of, of popularity. We have seen uh, leaders from all from all political spectrums that were very tough on the on the crisis response that are gaining positive popularity from Boris Johnson to Emmanuel Macron to Justin Trudeau and Bolsonaro. Even Sebastian Pineda in Chile. Sebastian Pineda came from 10% of population to 25 today. This is amazing from what happened in Chile. And so I think Bolsonaro uh, lost an, uh, a great window of opportunity to, 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 to grow in popularity. But on the other hand, he, he was very consistent on talking to his own base. Moving forward, I think the critical thing for Bolsonaro will be the economic recovery. Because the, 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 the deaths of the, the virus itself, he's going to put uh, as on, the, on the account of the governors and the mayors. But afterwards, when they have to tackle the, the economic recovery, all the accountability will be holding on him. So, and that's going to be the critical moment if that popularity will stand or not. And I think he knows that. That's why he's so worried about the economy, so worried about getting people back to work. Because this is something that he's not going to be able to blame anyone except himself. Maurício, thank you very much. If you like Explaining Brazil, please rate us with five stars and share this podcast with your friends. That's not the best way to support us. Actually, you can go to our website and with as little as $3.90, you can subscribe to the best content about Brazil in English. Go to brazilian.report slash subscribe. We're bringing new content every day about how the pandemic is affecting pretty much every single aspect of life in Brazil and Latin America, all the way from the stock market to the sex industry. We also have a paywall-free COVID-19 live blog. That's it for this week. Stay home, stay safe, and I see you next week.